It's a mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. Be answering your questions, including some about Dylan Lee, Dansby Swanson, what areas the Braves could look to upgrade in trades, and what are realistic expectations for Mike Soroka when and if he returns. We'll cover all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. And you can check out my bio there to see where I am covering. The game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at TomahawkTake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves, where you can be part of the conversation, send any questions, comments, feedback. I got some great feedback the other day. Really do appreciate all of that that you send in, as well as on YouTube. And if you're not subscribed on YouTube, please make sure that you do that as well. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week. Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive is includes engagement pieces as well. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's at BlueNile.com. Today's episode will be a mailbag episode with the off day. On Monday, I had a lot of questions submitted in, so we're going to try to get to those on today's podcast. Going to be talking about uh, Dylan Lee, talking about leadership for the Braves, a little College World Series action as well, uh, some roster moves when Rosario and Matzik come back, and where we could possibly make some upgrades during trade season and some expectations for Mike Soroka. And then we'll obviously preview Tuesday's game between the Braves and the Phillies, which should be a good pitching matchup with Zach Wheeler and Charlie Morton. Well, let's dive into the questions here. First one coming from Chris Shaffy 84 on Twitter. Uh, very loyal listener of the podcast. Always appreciate his questions. He says, how clutch has Dylan Lee been for the Braves, and why hasn't he left in for multiple innings? And this is probably something I've been getting hit up on and on Twitter more than anything over the past couple of weeks is, why is Brian Snicker pulling Dylan Lee when he does? And I've tweeted it out several times. It's quite bizarre. I do not understand it. And not just Dylan Lee, and I've talked about this on the podcast as well, I don't understand bringing out any relief pitcher who is on a roll and seems like they are dominating. I just don't get it. I don't understand that philosophy. I mean, maybe you have guys who you know just aren't capable of throwing two, three innings. I I, I find that hard to believe, but especially a guy like Dylan Lee who can give you two, two, three innings. Um, I don't know why you don't ride him when he comes into games, and it's been kind of frustrating. I know over the past two weeks, there's been at least three instances where Dylan Lee is out, comes out in the middle of a game, settles things down, seems to be on a roll, and then Snicker takes him out. And a lot of times it's been for O'Day, who has not been great lately, and then things get a little sketchy. I just never understand why managers bring out relievers who are throwing the ball well. You never know what's going to come out of that bullpen behind them. 
And when you have a guy out there who just seems to be cruising, breezing along, why don't you ride that out? Even if it means you burn him for the next two games, you're still saving those other arms that you would have used. I just, that's a philosophy in today's game. I just do not understand at all. When you bring a guy into a game and they're throwing the ball well, why don't you ride that out for two or three innings if you can? So I don't get that. That's baffling to me, and it seems to be happening a lot with Dylan Lee, where it seems like you could save other bullpen arms and just let Dylan Lee kind of carry things out for three, maybe more uh, innings. But especially in what you've seen a lot is he'll send Dylan Lee out to start an inning against the lefty, which I understand, and he gets that lefty out. And then he brings in a righty, and again, it's usually been Darren O'Day when it's not like righties are hitting Dylan Lee very well. So I don't understand that at all. Just let him finish the inning or at least give him an opportunity to get into to trouble or allow a base runner. It's just baffling to me the times that he keeps pulling out Dylan Lee when it seems like he's coming and settled down a game and he could save your other bullpen arms and just let him ride for two or three innings. But there is no question – Dylan Lee has been great. I wrote about this on TomahawkTake.com on Monday night. You know, the Braves moved Spencer Strider to the rotation, and that left a big hole in the bullpen as far as a guy who can go multiple innings and kind of settle things down. And Dylan Lee has slid into that role perfectly. He has become that guy that you can bring on in the fifth, sixth inning, and he can settle things down and pitch multiple innings, and he's done that uh, great since he's been moved into that role. In 11 games this year, Dylan Leeds pitched 15 and a third innings, giving up 11 hits and two walks, just two runs, only one of them earned, and has 13 strikeouts. That's a 0.59 ERA and a 0.85 whip. So he has been incredible, and I think he needs to be utilized more and for longer outings when he comes in and when he is on a roll. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Again, <laughs> I've had a lot of people – uh, ask me in my, my DMs on Twitter or just tweet at me, you know, why is Nicker taking out Dylan Lee here? That is the question. I don't know, uh, but it needs to stop and it especially needs to stop when it follows up bringing in Darren O'Day. Uh, that needs to stop soon. Next question comes from Freddie DT. He said, Who do you see taking the leadership role that Freddie had? Can't replace him, but someone has to take that role. Dansby seems to be the guy, in my opinion. This is something we all talked about a lot ever since, you know, Freddie left and ever since the Braves kind of moved on from him and went with Matt Olson is who's going to take on that leadership role. I think Dansby's certainly one of those guys, but I think it's kind of just become a, a group effort. Uh, again, I think Dansby's one, but he's also in a contract season, but I definitely think for this year, he is, you know, probably that, that biggest leader in the clubhouse. I think Travis Darno is another one. I mean, being a catcher, those are just natural leaders behind the plate anyway so i think travis darno is one i think ozzy obviously before the injury um, now being injured and being out of the action kind of hurts his ability to be a leader but i certainly think when healthy and when on the team he is a leader and then on the pitching side i mean you can pick charlie morton max freed i think both of those guys are leaders at this point so it's not just one guy for me i think it's become a, a group effort of leadership amongst this team with guys like dansby Travis Darno, you know, Ozzy, Morton, Freed. You know, there's a lot of guys that you can look to now as leaders. And I think that's a good thing to have multiple leaders and not just have that one guy who's speaking for the entire clubhouse. Um, there's multiple guys now that you can go to and multiple guys that you can count on to kind of keep things in check and keep the clubhouse 
under control. So I think that's a good thing. Um, again, like you said, you're, you're not going to replace a guy like Freeman, but I think collectively, I, I think these guys do just as good a job as Freeman did. Next question comes from VT Murdoch. Says, can you recap the College World Series championship? So as some of you know, I, I cover college baseball as well for College Baseball Nation, uh, and I love the college baseball postseason. But I'll be honest, the College World Series was a bit underwhelming. The matchups just weren't great. The games weren't great in general. Uh, it was really one of the more boring College World Series that I can remember. The, the big moment of the College World Series came from Dylan DeLucia, who was absolutely brilliant in the College World Series, and especially his game that sent Ole Miss to the championship series. It was a winner-go-home game against Arkansas. He pitched nine shutout innings. That was the key moment. That was the highlight moment of the College World Series. And Delucia didn't even pitch in the finals, which Ole Miss swept over Oklahoma. I will say, this is what makes baseball just in general, but college baseball as well, just so great. Ole Miss was one of the last teams into the tournament. 64 teams make the tournament, and Ole Miss was considered one of the last four in, and they win the whole thing. Uh, just tells you, you know, it's kind of similar to the Braves last year. They had, you know, the fewest wins among the playoff teams, but they get in, they're hot at the right time, and they win a World Series. So you kind of see that in college baseball as well. Ole Miss, one of the last four teams let into the tournament, and they win the whole thing. So great for Ole Miss. Also, they won it a year after their rival Mississippi State won their first college World Series. So kind of crazy, too. Those two Mississippi teams back-to-back -back seasons get their first college World Series championship so overall the postseason was great regionals super regionals were fantastic college world series a bit of a letdown but still a pretty cool story uh, with dylan delucia's starting pitcher for Ole miss uh, and Ole miss in general was just what they were able to do take some more of your questions next before we do that i'll tell you about blue nile whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at bluenile.com Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's Vince Jewelers will then craft her perfect engagement ring, making each ring truly one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more when you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout. And every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to cover all the part or to carry all the parts that your car needs. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer from the only brands that they carry? You have that you, computers at home that have access to RockAuto.com, or you can do that yourself and pick from a number of different brands. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, sometimes even 100% more for the exact same auto part at a chain store or a new car dealership. 
Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. Continuing our mailbag episode, next question comes from Jeff O. Braves. He says, what are the corresponding roster moves when Rosario comes back? Um, For me, the Rosario move is pretty easy. It's Mike Ford. Um, You replace a lefty with a lefty. Honestly forgot Mike Ford was on the team until he got a pinch uh, pinch hit the other night. Um, I saw him in the on-deck circle and thought, who was that? Uh, Immediately thought Matt Adams, and then I remembered that they called up Mike Ford. Uh, good at bat there, by the way. He drew a walk, but I think that's a pretty easy move there when Rosario comes back to send Mike Ford back down. The real question becomes who gets sent down when Tyler Matzik returns? And Tyler Matzik, a little bit of news here. He will start a rehab assignment today on Tuesday, so we can see him back possibly by the end of this week. You can only carry 13 pitchers now, um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Matzik returns? You can't get rid of Jesse Chavez. I mean, he's been one of your your better relievers. You can't obviously get rid of Dylan Lee. You just talked about how great he's been. I don't think you get rid of Jackson Stevens either. Could Darren O'Day get designated for assignment? I mean, I, I think he's probably the odd man out here unless something happens over the course of this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Tyler Matzik returns. Next question comes from L1. He says, what do we need and where can we find it? It's a very vague question, but I really don't know what we need, but we need to make moves to improve somewhere. If we don't, I feel like we will fall behind. Kind of touched on this in the last mailbag and really had some of the same questions that, that L1 had. Where? Where do you make an upgrade on this team? Um, again, I'll, I'll run through it again. Catcher. You're not upgrading there. They have one of the best catching tandems in all of baseball. You're not upgrading it first. You're not upgrading it short. You're not upgrading it third. You're not upgrading in right, assuming Acuna is okay. You're not upgrading in center with Michael Harris. And left, you got Duvall and Rosario. DH, you already have Ozuna. You're paying all three of those guys a pretty good chunk of money. Perhaps you make an upgrade at second base. You know, who's really available? You know, is it Cesar Hernandez with Merrifield? Adam Frazier, you know, I don't know that either of those guys really do much for me, but that's what you're looking at in terms of upgrade and where the Braves could potentially do something. I just talked about how tight the bullpen is. Uh, so is the rotation. So again, there's, there's just not many areas to do much. Our last question comes from Juan Washington. I love that name. It says realistic expectations for Mike Soroka. I've been saying all along, I have no expectations for Mike Soroka. If he comes back and pitches, fantastic. If he doesn't, you know, it's not somebody I'm counting on. But as we're getting closer to closer to him really coming back, you do start to wonder, you know, what's it going to look like? What are your expectations of him once he comes back? I think realistically, if he can come back and just be healthy and pitch and you know, pitch effectively and pitch, pitch deep into games. I think you have to real set your expectations realistically as a third or fourth starter. You know, somebody that can give you a 3.5 to 4.25 ERA, you know, at least for this year, you know, coming back. I mean, this would be 
huge if he's able to come back and give you anything. But to expect him to come back and be a top-of-the-rotation arm like he was before rupturing his Achilles twice or tearing it twice, that to me is unrealistic. You know, realistic would be, you know, him being able to come back, give you five or six, you know, innings when he goes out there. Even that to me seems a, a little bit unrealistic. It's why it's kind of a hard question to answer. You know, we don't see this very often. A guy that's that's torn it the Achilles twice to come back and pitch. It just it doesn't happen very often. And to do it at this level. So I, I you know, I, I caution and hesitate to put any type of of expectations on Mike Soroka. But you know the mindset of the guy and you know how good he wants to be and how badly he wants to be back. And, you know, that's the only reason I think that he can be somewhat effective. But I would not expect him coming back in here and being, you know, a top of the rotation arm. And honestly, the Braves don't really need that right now, especially with the way Morton has pitched lately and, you know, the way Kyle Wright has pitched this entire season. And, and I mean, you have your one, two, three, and you have Ian Anderson as well as Spencer Strider just had one of the best starts uh, that we've seen all year. So, the Braves, Braves are in a great posi- position rotationally. So anything that Mike Soroka gives you, to me, is just icing on the cake at this point. But just, you know, from what we've seen from Mike and what we kind of know about him, I just feel like if he comes back and he can be somewhat what we've se- seen in the past, I think a you know a third or fourth starter, a guy with an ERA, you know, around four can give you five or six solid innings I think that's pretty realistic for Mike Soroka assuming he's fully healthy and all the way back um you know maybe next year we start to see improvements you know him being that top of the rotation arm again but would not set that expectation for this season so again I hesitate to, to get any type of, of expectation limits on limits on Mike Soroka especially not being able to see him you know and what he looks like coming back with my own eyes but again anything we get from Mike Soroka this season is just icing on the cake. And I just, I wish the best for the guy, as I've said all along, and I hope he is able to get back out there. And we're getting uh, a lot closer to that being a reality. And I I think a lot of people never thought that would happen. So great for Mike. And I hope he does get that chance this season. All right, next we will preview the Phillies series, particularly the game on Tuesday with Zach Wheeler and Charlie Morton. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. On Tuesday night, it'll be Charlie Morton taking them out from the Atlanta Braves in Philadelphia. They take on the equally as hot Philadelphia Phillies. And then we're going up against Zach Wheeler, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Runner up in the NL Cy Young last year. A lot of people think he probably should have won it. Uh, I am starting to be in that camp although it's long gone at this point but uh, Zach Wheeler has been great in the month of June a 193 ERA and 1.03 whip however in his last start he only lasted four and a third innings 
uh, against the Rangers. He gave up seven hits and three walks and had some bad defense behind him, which you'll get from the Phillies from time to time. So you look at that one of two ways that uh, maybe Zach Wheeler has hit a little hiccup in the road. You also look at that and say, you know, he's going to have a better outing than he did last time, which is not great news for the Braves. And that last outing, when he went just four and a third, that broke up a stretch of going at least six innings and six straight starts. So he would have been on a roll before that. Pitched against the Braves a little over a month ago, went six and two thirds innings, gave up eight hits, no walks, two earned, and 10 strikeouts. So going to be a tough opponent for the Atlanta Braves on Tuesday night. As for Charlie Morton, been on a little bit of a roll himself over his last three starts, and in June in particular, he has just a 0.84 whip in the month of June, which is great. He has been plagued by the home run. He's given up five home runs in June. Not great going up against the Phillies team who was looking to do one thing, and that is do damage and hit the home run ball. And obviously, they play in a ballpark, which is conducive to that. But like I said, Morton's been really good his last three starts. Just one walk over those starts and 32 strikeouts. That is a ratio I will take all day long. A lot of swings and misses for Charlie Morton as well. That curveball seems to be back to where it usually is. So, again, great signs for Charlie Morton. Hopefully we see that continue. I mentioned the Phillies. They've been equally as hot as the Braves in June. They're 18-6 and six in the month of June. However, they just lost Bryce Harper, who it looks like will need thumb surgery after taking a ball up and in that went off his thumb. So, hate that. Bad break for the Phillies and Harper there. But should be um, should be a good matchup, pitching matchup for the Braves. Obviously, a big series with the Phillies nipping at their heels, and hopefully Morton continues his good work that we've seen recently, and the Braves can get a win and hopefully get a big series win over a division rival. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 